Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is George Newbern, the voice of Superman. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. And you're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming at DCAUReview.com and on your favorite podcast app. You're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and at DCAUReview.com. Now, here's today's episode. Welcome everybody to episode 101 of the DCAU I am your host, Cal, and with me, my good brother, my good friend, and co-host, Liam. Liam, welcome to episode 101 of the DCAU Review. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. We've got a new show to talk about, but before we get to that, Cal, we actually, for the first time ever, have a guest with us. It's our special correspondent, James Strecker of the Watchtower Database YouTube channel. James, welcome to the show. (coughs) Hey. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> unintentional but it worked pretty well <laughs> that's my yeah, leave that in. that's how i say hello to everyone it's like pop onto their face awesome. in times like this it's the best way to greet people I think. <laughs> yes yes we are in strange times these days uh we'll talk about that when we get into plot there's some definitely some real world parallels to go through our episode here today. Uh, but before we do that, uh, let's let's talk about what we are covering this week. Liam, as we as we as we talked about last week, we're starting a brand new episode. We we last week reviewed the final episode of the Justice League series. Uh, obviously we've not reviewed all episodes of the Justice League, but we did cover Starcross last week, which yes. sort of opened the floodgate, so to speak, to allow us to continue. Of my on- tear ducts. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a, it was a very emotional episode. Uh, but we're here now talking about Justice League Unlimited, guys. Yes, absolutely. We are talking about the debut episode, Initiation. And I guess we can, we can before we get into our main categories, as we always do, Cal, and since we have a special guest correspondent with us, James, uh, start us off. Give us your thoughts on kind of the transition from Justice League to Justice League Unlimited, uh, either what you remember at the time as this show was debuting or just sort of your general thoughts on it now. Was the transition jarring? Did you enjoy it? Were you excited to get to see more superheroes in this DCAU world? Oh, my goodness. Um, okay. Well, there are multiple. <laughs> I felt multiple <laughs> things as a child watching it. Uh, I'm pretty sure... I, I, my, my brain might be melting thinking of this, but uh, I'm pretty sure in the credits of Starcrossed when it aired on Toonami uh, that they this was that was when they first announced like it's all coming back. Uh, everybody, there's going to be so many freaking superheroes. I'm like, oh my god, what is this? What am I looking at? Like, I, I, I can't even. I'm still crying from Hot Girl flying away. I'm emotions, everything. Yeah. What is happening? I'm 10 years old. You know, whatever. Not 10. How much? How old is it? I was probably like 16. Uh, but let's pretend so. I wasn't crying. Um, and so, <laughs> yeah, so just a big like bunch of stuff thrown at me at once that I wasn't expecting. At the, at the time, the, like I was a member of a message board called Super Buddies, uh, where it was just, you know just a kind of talk back forum about all the episodes and what was going on and stuff. And nobody, nobody was really talking about you know what's next after Justice League. Everyone was just, you know this is the end of the show, I guess. And so there wasn't you know the internet as it is today of like. Oh yeah, you know, we knew months ago there was going to be a follow-up show, or we do, you know, all these, all these. Oh yeah, uh, Ken Schreiner is going to be on it as Green Arrow. That would be so cool. Oh my gosh, yeah. There was just a bunch of nothing, void, void of emptiness, knowledge. So the, the fact that like, oh, just kidding, uh, it's sixty superheroes now was <laughs> I think just overwhelmingly cool uh, mm-hmm. from the get-go. And then yeah, we can talk about the episode as it 
as itself when when we get to that part for sure now james uh for those of the of those if obviously i think pe- if people are listening to our podcast they have to have heard about you guys because you guys are much more famous and bigger <laughs> like bigger oh, presence. don't say this no 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 what's you're not you're wrong i'm just social media. <laughs> So just in case somebody uh, has been living under a rock, uh, you run the Watchtower database. Uh, give just a brief synopsis about what that is and, and how much of, of Justice League Unlimited may have inspired that. Well, I real quick, I, I will go ahead and shout out uh, Ted Kendrick and Maddie Washburn, who are my creative cohorts. Uh, I, when you, it, it's always weird for me to try to like describe our different roles on the channel because we all kind of <laughs> almost equally share like the workload uh, when it comes to, you know, creating the videos and everything. Um, I do the bulk of, or pretty much all of, I guess the editing uh, and all the kind of behind the scenes <laughs> stuff. So I do, I guess technically run the channel, but uh, yeah, it's definitely a team effort for sure. Uh, what was the second half of the question? You distracted me. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. Like I, how much did, what role did Justice League Unlimited oh. or just like the passion did that ultimately play in, in sort of establishing Watchtower Database and the, you know, inspiring the stuff that you guys do on the on the YouTube channel? Well, it's actually I think this show is pretty much the reason why Watchtower Database exists, because, you know, there were all the other DCAU shows that you have kindly revealed and continue to review uh, that, you know, are, are part of this universe there. The Justice League Unlimited show I was making a website uh, dedicated to like, oh, here's every character and every episode and every ship and gadget and all this stuff of in JLU uh, specifically and Justice League uh, that was called the Justice League Watchtower. uh, And that was online actually for a couple of years around like 2004, 2005. Uh, And then... And if anyone that might be thinking, there, there's a couple of people that might be hearing this and thinking like, oh, I know Justice League Watchtower. You're probably thinking of the other Justice League Watchtower, <laughs> which was another fan site that uh, was up at the same time that I unintentionally stole the name of. Uh, <laughs> it's a very easy mistake to make, I think. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, for sure. Uh, Justice League, uh, what's a thing that they use for information? <laughs> but anyway, uh that was on that was online for a bit, and then it, I took it down when the show ended because it was kind of like, well, the DCAU is over. There's no point in continuing to pay for this with a you know 16 year old salary of nothing. <laughs> uh, so I just I just kind of like in the background worked on a an, a a much better create like looking and better made uh, Justice League Justice League Unlimited fan site uh, that Ted and I named the the Watchtower database. Um, and I was all set to put that online around 2010, 2011. Uh, you know, here's literally everything. Every character has a picture. Everybody has, you know, all their episodes they were in. Here's every inf- every piece of information you could want to know, pretty much. And then we just decided, for whatever reason, well, why just do Justice League and Justice League Unlimited? The DCAU is based is like over at that point. Uh, let's mm-hmm. let's let's just do it on the entire DCAU. It's like, oh, okay, I'll just go from like 400 characters to 1400 characters. And, <laughs> Easy. Uh, no problem. Yeah. So then we've just been act like continuing to work on that uh, since then for like a decade. And uh, <laughs> meanwhile, we started the Watchtower Database YouTube channel as a way to kind of like fill the time, uh, you know, for and inform people about that and our comic legacies of the dcau mm-hmm. and uh, a handful of other things so this show i guess is technically directly responsible for wdb <laughs> existing uh <laughs> and i was gonna say i wouldn't have it any other way but there are times <laughs> when, I would definitely... when you're right when you're like trying to write a bio for like scarface's third thug uh-huh. you're like god i hate this uh-huh. why did i choose to do this no it's scarface's 10th thug is what the... <laughs> wait he's the same character model that also appeared in two-face like is that mean they're the same person <laughs> there's a girl there's a girl that was in uh the just like episode fury she's late for a doctor's appointment she's stuck in her car and the dude won't get out of the way and he's like keep your shirt on lady i'm on a break and wonder woman lifts up his truck and throws him out of the way. that same girl is in cadmus 
as a scientist in uh, Flashpoint. And so I'm just like, what do I do with this information? Is this a character now? Does she have an are arc? They, are they twins? How did she get to this point? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It's yeah, pretty... Arc. It's, it's, That's it's, tremendous. All right. All right. Well, arc was really about this lady. <laughs> It all makes sense now. Somewhere Vic Sage is, is like, yes, this is what it's all been about. <laughs> scientist is the scientist. <laughs> right. Exactly. All right. Uh, well, thanks for sharing that. Definitely check uh, check it out. We're going to have you plug some stuff at the end of the episode, James. But, uh, yeah, we are excited that you're here. So uh, before we jump into our actual scores for this week's episode, as Liam said, uh, it was it, it's called Initiation. It originally debuted on July the 31st, 2004. So that's right. We're running it back. Uh, it'll be the 16th year anniversary coming up here in July. Uh, Liam, as you always do, you have the perfect IMDb synopsis for this week's episode. So uh, please, if you don't mind, share that with James and myself. Absolutely. And this is for the uh, for the episode Initiation, which was written by Stan Berkowitz and directed by Joaquin Dos Santos. And that synopsis reads as such. The heroes ask a reluctant Green Arrow to join the newly expanded Justice League. Green Lantern takes a team, including Green Arrow, Supergirl, and Captain Atom, to stop a giant nuclear monster. All right, James, thoughts on that uh, IMDb synopsis? <laughs> I've actually been <laughs> wanting to talk to you guys about this for a while. I'm glad I have the platform to do so. <laughs> uh, Please do. So... The I I will say <laughs> I know that this is this is a little late to say this because you've been doing it this way for uh, however many hundreds yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, but I IMDb is a fully editable uh, like user submitted place <laughs> absolutely like Wikipedia. and yes. so yep. I'm sure that these synopses are probably written by just some rando. And not because yep. the, yeah. the like, but at the same time, most <laughs> most of the time, except for on occasion when they're just like one sentence nothingness, <laughs> yes. uh, they're actually more descriptive of the episode than the official uh, synopses are. But like you know, back in the day, you would get the Cartoon Network, you know, press releases or whatever mm -hmm. of like here's. Here's the episodes coming up and like initiation. I'm looking at it right now. A reluctant Green Arrow joins forces with the New Justice League to stop a rampaging nuclear monster in Asia. Yep, correct. Like that's the entire <laughs> yeah. synopsis. <laughs> and like, you so, would find that blur in the in the TV guide. Like that's the TV yeah, guide blur. Yeah, yes. exactly. Which I yeah. guess would make you want to watch hits questions. <laughs> All right. Well, Liam, it's really it's just nice to still have Liam read some some random person's description of the episode. In yeah, I'm not gonna. Voice. I'm not saying you're like wrong. That. It's just kind of slightly bothered me that like I don't know what idiot came on. <laughs> okay, today I'm gonna write. Like, one week, someone's gonna trick me that listens yeah. to this, and they're gonna yeah. like put in the synopsis for like <laughs> critters when I'm reviewing a Batman Beyond episode or something. I'm gonna I'm gonna I look remember, foolish. I don't remember Green Lantern fighting giant cockroaches or giant right. <laughs> I don't remember that happening today but that's what it says all right so uh that, why don't we jump <laughs> yeah, I love it thank you thank you like we need this third party uh feedback letting us know about each of the little like bits yeah, I've got a whole there. list of what you're doing wrong and I'm just, oh. gonna, you know, I'm just bring saying. it on we cannot wait uh <laughs> constructive criticism is our not our fifth tonight. <laughs> All right, uh, so let's talk about the plot, guys. All right, so plot, uh, as Liam so expertly delivered from IMDb's uh, synopsis there, uh, we basically have what amounts to be the introduction and focus on a brand new world here in the Justice League, expanding beyond the original seven, now who are the original six, uh, single tier for Shaira. Pour one out. Yep, pour one out for her. Um <laughs> Fear not, she will return. Um, <laughs> spoiler alert. Return. Yeah, spoiler alert. Uh, so, all right. So I guess we'll start off, uh, we'll toss it to Liam and uh, get his general thoughts here on the plot, Liam. It's a, it's a very Green Arrow heavy centric episode. It's very well bookended, I feel like. He's very reluctant at the beginning. He doesn't want to get involved. He thinks he's the, uh, you know, he's the small person's, and I don't mean 
people that are height challenged. He, he means the, <laughs> you know, he means the metaphorical little guy. Yeah. Uh, superhero so he's he's to stand up for the little guy and he's not shouldn't be out here fighting giant monsters and of course coincidentally he ends up fighting a giant monster (laughs) yeah uh so this is it's interesting for a lot of reasons one being that in this new justice league unlimited world we no longer have every episode be a Mm two-parter so we have to jam everything into this pilot episode here we have to we establish who the green arrow is in this opening scene where he's uh you know beating up some robbers who are robbing a grocery store, which is about as small scale as you could get compared to where we last left the Justice League. Um, <laughs> and, fighting a giant army. Right. And then you immediately have him teleport to the Watchtower. He meets he meets the giant Justice League. You get Superman giving the big speech to uh, to the this giant roster of heroes. And then you also, then you have to immediately jump to this story in what I guess is basically the DCAU's version of North Korea. Mm. Yeah, it seems um, that way. And this giant nuclear monster that's rampaging, and the government doesn't want the Justice League involved, and so they're sort of dealing with politics, and then it's this sort of underlying thing of Green Arrow not wanting to be a team player, but then ultimately having to be the guy who kind of holds it all together as the superpowered types are kind of all outmatched when they try to go at it with more brute force tactics. And then ultimately, he's able to to save the day and uh, and joins the league at the end. So there's there's just it's just a lot. It's a lot to shove in there all at once. And actually, I wanted to ask James this as part of you you know so much about the DCAU timeline. How how exactly much time do you know is supposed to have passed between when we saw Starcross, the end of Starcross, and this episode here? Oh, Maddie's gonna get mad at me when he's already his blood pressure listening to this is already because <laughs> uh, I'm gonna mess it up. I I am pretty sure that between Starcross and Initiation, there's only like you know a few months. Um, we okay. have like uh, Starcross is around. Oh God, I don't want to say specifics. I just know You're it's not not, not even a year. Like like not, less, less than, than a year. year. Yeah, and and it's it's kind less of than a year from now. Whenever now is. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Sure. <laughs> less than a year. Wait, no, less than a year from Starcrossed, whenever Starcrossed is, I think. Exactly. Is better. Yeah. yeah, that works better. Right. All right. So, yeah, you, it is a lot jam-packed into it. We were used to that sort of elongated story, story stretched out between two episodes. Uh, James, give, give your basic thoughts on plot here. What was your uh, sort of... I know I'm sure you've seen this episode quite a lot, but uh, on your most recent viewing here, what uh, what stood out for you as far as the plot was concerned? Yeah, well, actually, like coming on, knowing I was coming on to the podcast and like I was thinking about like, oh, initiation, yeah, I've seen this a trillion times, I got it. But then I was just thinking like, I really don't come back to this episode on purpose. Like if I'm going to watch <laughs> a specific just if I'm just like, I'm bored Time to like it, okay. It, I really have to be bored to purposely <laughs> watch. Like this sounds terrible, but like to purposely watch any Just Like Unlimited episode because of how many times I've seen them. But <laughs> right. this one specifically is like it's not bad, but it's not one that I'm like, oh my goodness, hell yeah, I'm gonna watch Initiation, <laughs> right. the best thing to happen ever. There, there's like the first, uh, you know. Oh gosh, it's probably only the first like five or six minutes or something of the episode up through when they leave on the actual mission to Chiang Mai to stop the not brimstone. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's all you know all the introduction of Green Arrow is basically our like POV. Like he's uh, he's seeing the Watchtower and all these other characters and everything for the basically the first time and you know it's so marvelous and miraculous to him and and you know he doesn't know, really know what to think does he like this or does he think this is too much and that's what everyone else is thinking watching the episode and because uh, <laughs> like like for like maddie will tell you he's he didn't he like discontinued watching jlu partway through as when it was airing because he was like oh this is dumb 
this is just a bunch and a bunch of extra characters they they ran out of ideas or whatever uh which he has since mm-hmm. turned around on because he watched the whole thing and went like oh wait no this is probably one of the best shows <laughs> in the DC <laughs> besides Zeta project uh but of so natural <laughs> of course so uh but yeah that no that was my like initial initial thoughts also is is that you know for the first several episodes of this show actually is kind of like okay so it's just you know there's just going to be a bunch of superheroes fighting a, a big army which is you know everyone's complaint about like the marvel movies and stuff there's just a bunch of robots yeah. or a bunch of aliens or whatever uh sometimes they're robot aliens uh but there's not like <laughs> not like a, a grounding you know uh emotional story really or whatever for the first couple episodes uh but you know i can i can see both sides of it with initiation i i think it's uh struggling with what it wants to be whether it wants to be this big bombastic introduction to there's 60 justice league members and there's uh, a look at all the new stuff oh my god and then they're <laughs> like okay uh put that in the back of your head we're gonna go to asia and and stop a, a big robot uh that's still going on up in space but you don't get to see it for a while and <laughs> you're just meant to accept that this is the new status quo or whatever of the show. And that's okay. I just go back and forth on whether I think that that's exciting enough of a series premiere or not, I guess, because like, you know, we just ended like you were saying with all the Starcross stuff and we start off with little green arrow. Don't know if he liked this or not. And like, cool <laughs> or is that, you know, boring? I don't know. But it's not. I'm so. I'm still. <laughs> I'm still. Uh, 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 oh, what is the word? Conflicted. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, those words on it. Uh, <laughs> however many years after it premiered, and so I guess that just shows that like the plot itself uh, is fine. I think it may have been better as a two-parter just for this one episode, just to kind of get us into things. Uh, but we definitely learn more about the league and everything, all the new stuff uh, as the season goes on. So it fixes itself eventually. It's just not one of my go-to this episode rocks kind of things. Right. Yeah, that's that's fair. I I think in in viewing this, and this is the first time I've seen this episode in a while, and it's funny that you said that. It's like it's not your go-to. When I sit down to a rewatch Justice League Unlimited, this is not this is not one of the episodes that I frequent. Okay. Um, just because I, I I do think it is sort of overloaded, and the, the, like the storyline is a little bit I don't know. It's goofy. They don't even give a name to the villain. It's just you know. I mean, clearly inspired by Brimstone, but yeah. not given the name Brimstone, so we don't even have a name for it. And I don't think until this watching of it, when I'm watching it with that more critical eye that we do when we're reviewing the episode rather than just sitting down to enjoy it, that I catch the whole parallels between, oh, now Green Arrow understands why... Mm-hmm. He is an important member of the team. Although yeah. we did comment that if it wasn't for his horniness, he probably wouldn't have said yes. <laughs> yeah, that um, so. continues to keep him around for a while, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, man, the Justice League sure are lucky that he's one horny dude. <laughs> yeah, and Batman, and yeah. <laughs> so I would say just in general, I, I think that it – gets a six out of 10 for me for plot. Um, I think that it's, it's decent. Um, I think that there are certainly some, some issues. I did not love the captain Adam character. I felt like that if you're going to start off, uh, you know, if you're introducing a new character, okay. Green arrow is a, is a human character very much in the vein of Batman. And then you have uh, Supergirl. Okay. So that's very much in the vein of Superman. And then your third person is, Captain Adam, who is pretty much useless in this episode, despite being <laughs> probably the most powerful being, if not one of oh, those. Oh, that's powerful another beings. thing is that he just like dies, but not really. Like, there's <laughs> no stakes really. there. I have no idea who this character is, and he explodes, and like it's all. Oh my god, this is a terrible thing. <laughs> right. like, I don't. But who? Who? I'm still learning who uh, the other fifty nine people are, so I don't <laughs> <Right>. know. <laughs> It's funny you mentioned the Marvel movies because it feels a lot to me like how in the first Avengers movie, they really try to make you care about the one S.H.I.E.L.D. agent that Loki kills. <laughs> the dude who's on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. later on. I can't think oh, of his name. Oh, 
Yeah. Wholesome. I mean, now yeah. I would I feel more watching that because he's a more like important character to the universe. But yeah, at the sure. time was like, who, time, who, like who are you? Was, I don't remember. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he was like a cameo in like one of the Iron Mans and in Thor, and then like now we're like, oh my god, he's dead. We have to become the Avengers. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, sorry, Maddie. I don't care about Coulson very much. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll go ahead and give my plot score here. I. <laughs> I gave it a similar uh, to Cal's, as we generally are very similarly in agreement. I gave it a 7 out of 10, because I do think in a vacuum, especially once we get on the ground, it's an interesting idea, and to have, have as you mentioned, James, the sort of uh, little guy POV of this giant co- uh, you know, conflict between these super-powered beings and this giant monster, and just we're following the guy with the bow and arrow. Like, I do think that's interesting and compelling, but that the, if the reason it can't be higher is for all the reasons we've already talked about, which is just that it's also still supposed to be the pilot episode of this new series and this brand new jumping on point for new viewers, as well as people that are following from, from justice league. So I don't, I think it works kind of in a vacuum, but doesn't work great as like the linchpin episode that it kind of should be mm-hmm. and james you, even though you are a special correspondent you do get a scorecard this week so uh your scorecard uh will not go into the official rankings but you still get to play along at home so it's like you're the the one or two listeners that we have that uh, play along with us so uh let's hear your score for the plot this week uh, what is, I also chose six for, All right. uh, and I chose that before you said it. So don't okay. accuse <laughs> me fine. of anything. We didn't discuss that either. No. <laughs> well, so you, you brought up the, uh, well, I, you brought up how I brought up, uh, Green Arrow <laughs> being the POV <laughs> dude. There, there's a episode, a few episodes from now, the greatest story never told, which is Booster Gold's like, uh, you know, there's a there's something going on. Uh, I won't talk about it too much, but there's something there's a, a horrible thing going on that only he knows about. And meanwhile, the rest of the Justice League is just like fighting a much like higher level threat uh, that is you, we, we don't see enough of it happening. But we know like, OK, this is distracting them enough. They can't pay attention. They think that this other thing that he's dealing with is not important. I think that kind of plot might have been a better way to introduce you know there are so many superheroes look at all of them go in the background kind of thing what i think like this episode all like tries to do that in a way of like he's in this world now this is what the justice league is but then the plot just becomes about these like four people and you don't you you forget about the rest of the stuff and right. again like i'm not trying to tell you know the mcduffies and deanies of the world <laughs> you were wrong <laughs> you did a bad thing this sucks Fair, fair enough, and that's what we do on this episode. We always say we're not, we're not. Tra- we obviously love these episodes, these you know, yeah. these shows. So we're not just trashing them. That's why we don't trash them. We're just saying, hey, under a critical lens, maybe this would have been better, or hey, this yeah. could have been different. Same thing as you know anybody that critiques anything. So, um, all right, moving on. Let's talk about animation and visuals, fellas. Um, James, let's talk about uh, animation visuals. I'll throw it to you first. Uh, anything stick out to you here that you uh, that you appreciated? For me, um, I, I'll I'll just make a quick comment and then throw it over to you. Mm-hmm. For me, that opening sequence with the introduction of the Green Arrow to me sticks out as just uh, a really fun sequence. You know, they're they're ro- uh, some guys are robbing a, a convenience store and. He, he jumps in and you immediately get the uh, visual gags of trick arrows and uh, some cool pan shots and him shooting arrows up and down aisles of a, of a convenience yeah. store. But I, I think that opening sequence was a, was a good way to kick off and introduce the, the green arrow character. Yeah. Well, I mean, the whole episode is uh, beautiful, really the, the, like there's no point where I'm, Oh, that looks really bad. At least that I can remember. Uh mm-hmm. There, from start to finish, it's very consistent. Uh, there are some episodes where you can tell that by the end of the episode, whoever is you know drawing everything is like, oh, I'm so tired of drawing Lex Luthor's <laughs> face. Oh my god! Uh, and they just like kind of just rush to the end. But <clears throat> but there's a consistent uh, quality throughout this episode. The uh, 
do you kind do you kind of count the like direction of the episode in this category? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, yeah, that's a- animation. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, so uh, uh, Joaquim dos Santos. He's uh, I always would I saw his name and his name looks so elegant and like regal <laughs> and stuff that I always assumed he was just this much older, you know, like seventy year old man that's like, mm, yes, I've studied with the best or something. <laughs> he was like, you look at the behind the scenes stuff. He's just like a thirty year old like surfer dude. <laughs> he's just, like, just a regular guy. I don't know, but he's uh, he he started off as like a storyboard uh, guy with on Justice League, and they must have liked what he did enough to <clears throat> to give him. He, he directed like half of this show, uh, if wow. not more, um, and that was something that that was like right off the bat, way different from Justice League. And Justice League went back and forth with uh dan reba or butch luke lucic i don't know how you say it but uh and i would all i could always tell if i was watching an episode i barely ever paid attention to the credits as they were happening at the start uh but i would like "Hmm, i like this episode it's probably directed by dan reba i don't like this episode it's probably directed by butch (laughs) lucic and i I like I don't know why that is, but if I go and look at all, you know, the episodes that I thought were boring or or like slow paced or just not, mm-hmm. you, you could you probably can more blame the writer or you know or something. I don't really know, right. but it happens either coincidentally or whatever. Joaquin dos Santos is pretty consistent with like he's really good at directing the action. Uh, he he does like the shaky cam during <laughs> during the yeah. uh, action stuff. Everything's kind of bumping around. Uh, that was a cool aesthetic difference uh, with this show compared to Justice League. Uh, it kind of automatically, like, it fits with the, you know, rock and roll kind of thing, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I don't really have any uh, qualms <laughs> with this yeah. episode's animation. They had to, they had a, a big uh, task in front of them to, like, introduce you to all this stuff and get it right. Uh, the only thing I that I know that they got wrong is that Stripe is in the lineup twice in the one shot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but other, other than that, <laughs> uh, yeah, everyone's pretty and, on and we're, we're talking, and you guys have you guys have a video, I believe. I know I remember specifically seeing this because you guys go through and point out each and every character in there. Yep. The big green guy is assumed to be Swamp Thing, we think, oh, yeah, but he's yeah, only yeah. from behind. Yeah, there's that whole there's an overhead shot of uh, Superman talking to everybody at, uh, right after the opening credits, and yeah, there's a handful of people in that shot that are not ever seen again. And uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Bruce Tim has mentioned that he purposely snuck Swamp Thing in there uh, just to just to mess with people. But there's just mm-hmm. a bunch of other stuff in there, like some guy with wings and like a I don't know Catwoman looking person, like. Who? What? What, do you, what is this? You're right. Uh, and they never come back. So you just deal with it. But yeah. Right. I, I like to think that they just like they hated Superman's speech so much that they left <laughs> during yeah. during the opening credits. Now, nah, like this guy, sucks. he's a terrible public speaker. <laughs> yeah, uh, do like I Superman. Do I, do, a, do I do a score right now? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. You can yeah, yeah. Sure. I'm gonna give it an eight. The only reason Nine. I give it eight instead of a higher, like you know, I would give it a ten, except for that the um, I'm trying to look up who the animation studio was for this episode. Um, oh, Dr. <laughs> Movie Co. Uh, that's okay. I can't remember what else. I I want to say they did uh, uh, Secret Society. It doesn't look like it actually, but anyway. Uh, they have a tendency to kind of stretch the already exaggerated uh, features of these characters um, Mm -hmm. in, in a way that's like, I don't know if I like it. (laughs) Like there are some points where, uh, you know, someone will like Supergirl will be, you know, flying through the air and her arms are like just a little longer than they should be. And that's really nitpicky. Like I'm, you know, this is coming from someone. Yeah, yeah, okay, the- all right. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm> apologizing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, He's like, I have to be partial. It's like we're not we're not we're not crapping on it. We're just saying, hey, you know, I think this looks yeah. a little bad. Okay. Person- we're viewing the episode. That's I got it. Okay. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As I'm constantly, you know, studying 
the every every little line of these characters and so when something seems a little off to me it's kind of like you know oh why why didn't you just not do that why didn't you try harder for that right. one frame or whatever <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, that's my only like thing that i slightly dislike i guess is that characters are a little a little uh malleable in, in I, when this animation company does it yeah i noticed that a little bit in I feel like facially Supergirl's face looked a yeah. little odd, like a little squishy. I don't know. That's a weird word for it. But like, <laughs> Her lips are like weird. Yeah, I don't know how to yeah, describe like, it. Yeah. Like, it's like they melded like her with like somebody from the Teen Titans show or something. Like, <laughs> yeah, sure. Like a weird extra like, I don't know, movement to it or something or way the way it's drawn is just a little off to me. But I definitely noticed that a little bit, too. And, yeah, I mean, to your point, James, about the direction, there's some really, really tremendous shots. The uh, There's it's kind of a one long tracking shot where Green Arrow pulls back to fire oh, yeah. one of the rods into the the, the, the hole in the robot's uh-huh. chest. His reactor. Liam, yes, his reactor. His reactor. It's a family no, show. The, it's called the rod hole. It's canon. <laughs> <laughs> but uh and it's kind of this, <laughs> trying to get this back on track uh it's just this one long track kind of tracking shot where you follow him as he's looking up at it and it's and the camera kind of pans up to show this giant nuclear behemoth as, as he's about to fire the arrow there, yeah there's some really really cool shots the shot of the final shot is he's about to uh throw or shoot the arrow that actually does turn the machine off uh, as he's sort of standing up on this little cliff with the uh, with the moon behind him, is, yeah. is and there's all the like the smoke and fire around him is really really well done. And uh, say yeah. ah, dirt bag. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's very to your point, very action movie, uh, very uh, definitely definitely a different sort of framing to a lot of the action in these scenes. So for all those reasons, like I said, there's definitely some minor things I didn't like, but overall I thought it was a really strong episode, so I actually gave visuals a 9 out of 10. Ooh, oh 9 out of 10. Love it. Um, well, I also gave visuals a 9 out of 10. <laughs> oh my uh, goodness. Yeah, we're two, for two, we're two for two with uh, having identical scores with it, with at least two of our, our scorecards today, but uh, the, my, I, the only reason... <laughs> the only reason I didn't give it a 10, and uh, James, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this too, because personally, I, I have an issue when they switch to doing some of the uh, CGI animated vehicles, uh, uh, which is, to me, it, I we, I talked about it last week during the Starcrossed episode. It's it's bad a lot of times in the Starcrossed episode. It seems like the frames almost skip. Um, so it just looks very unnatural. And, and to me, it looks a little better in this episode, but it still feels very, very jarring. And like I'm watching, you know, the 90s Spider-Man cartoon or something uh, when it's juxtaposed against the, yeah. the standard digital animation. Yeah, no, it, it, I mean, <laughs> it's it's uh, it's uh, Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park. They were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think <laughs> if they should <laughs> with the, the CGI. It's always that <clears throat> to me in, in, these, in these kind of shows where like, it they're never ready to put cgi stuff in the show like budget wise and they're just like do it anyway like there's it's noticeably i don't know i wouldn't say bad i guess because it's in like a weird cartoon superhero world like it's it's basically an anime like there's no like rule that says don't do that but it's jarring yeah i agree the 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 watchtower looks great because it just sits and floats there it doesn't have to do anything um even, but it's down to stuff like the Earth is mm-hmm. now CGI. Not like in Justice League, it was always like a painting. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, well, like, and, why, why do we why do we have to keep adding more computer? Like, just just like yeah. stop dicking around with stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's weird because they choose to like go somewhere between photorealistic and cartoon with these uh, things, where I feel like if they're going to put it in a cartoon, they should just go for the like cell shaded, like outlined look right. that you would see in like, uh, I don't know. Um, there's a bunch of anime that does this now uh, where either the entire show or like big monsters or something will just be like CGI that they've put like a filter on that looks like a cartoon now. And that's also right. very, 
annoying looking, but it's not uh, as offensive. I'm second guessing what I'm saying here. I think it is more offensive to do it that way, actually. (laughs) So maybe, maybe, I don't know. It's stuff like, like, it's time saving, I'm sure, especially in this show where they have to draw so many characters. Uh, but it, it, it does stick out as like a, a, a weirdly juxtaposed thing. Like it's not as bad when it's the javelins or whatever, but when it's something like, uh, I don't know, like just like a car or right. like, uh, they, they did, a in the, uh, what episode, what's the Patriot act, mm-hmm. uh, final season, they're fighting the general in the streets and like half the shots are just a weird CGI city so that they can rotate the camera in different directions. And when it happens, it's like, Oh, what is happening? What am I looking at? <laughs> Why? Uh, like it looks like '90s Spider-Man city. Yeah. Like it just looks bad, and I don't know. It yeah, yeah it's, it sticks <laughs> out, and and that's I mean, uh, I yeah, probably behind the scenes, there's definitely reasons, like you said, why they did this. I just I feel it just sticks out like a sore thumb, and I don't think it will age very well. You know, that's what the, to me that's the beauty. It hasn't. Of <laughs> yeah. Those- those those original Batman the animated series episodes, and we always draw back to comparing to those because those are the the original standard by what yeah. we go off of. But even the Superman cartoons, like those those did not have computer generated animation, and they hold up because everything looks exactly the same. And now you're introducing this sort of CGI stuff into it, and now like you, like I said, it looks you know looks like a PlayStation Two game maybe like right. if. Is that good? So uh, it would have gotten a perfect score for me just from some of the other things. I think the explosions and the like, the visualization of the not brimstone characters, sort of <laughs> nuclear power coming out, looked awesome. Yeah. Uh, very, very Brim, anime. Brimsnow. Brimsnow. Brim <laughs> I don't know. I love it. Nope. Um, yeah. <laughs> strong, strong score from us, uh, from all three of us on yes. the visual animation. All right, let's move on to music here. I'm going to throw it to Liam yeah. first. Liam, we'll talk about some music here. Um, brand new series. Uh, we can't we can't go on without talking about the new, brand new, hyper rock and roll Justice League Unlimited theme yeah. song that uh, is included <laughs> along with the brand new intro to the show as well. Yeah, absolutely. So that theme song, just so we uh, have it written here, is written by... Michael McQuistian, mm-hmm. um, he and it really sets the tone that this is in the same way that and I'm going to compare it to Batman Beyond soundtrack a lot, probably because that's the other DCAU show with electric guitars. <laughs> uh-huh. But it, it's uh, it's it's that same sort of thing where like with the Batman Beyond theme song, when that theme song kicks in and it's so completely different than what we were used to with Superman and Batman uh, you kind of feel that same way going from Justice League to Justice League Unlimited, where uh, you know you think of some of the grand like orchestral themes, like in a Savage Time or something like that, and then you juxtapose this with like this super fast-paced, hard drumming, <laughs> screeching electric guitar, hell yeah, like <laughs> '80s power ballad stuff. <laughs> like it's 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 really striking, and it really does to me. As far as when we, we've talked about this in plot and a little bit in animation of trying to set a tone for this is the first episode of the new series, the new status quo is here. This, to me, the music does the best job of anything of establishing, like, this is new, this is fresh, this is different than what we were doing before. We're in a whole new ballpark now, and I think the music does a great job at that. For sure. James, thoughts on music? Yes, I agree with whichever one of you just talked. Um <laughs> I can't see you, so it's hard to remember. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, the, the intro is like, you know, it starts off orchestral, and you're like, all right, it's Justice League again. And then, like, oh my goodness, no, it's not. It's different now. And it, it goes right <laughs> hand in hand with the show. Uh, and I think that, like, I, I guess it makes sense for them to have done this as a, you know, okay, this is, we're getting closer to Batman Beyond, so we're eking into, like, it's a mix of Batman Beyond style music and Justice League style music. But really, it's only, it's like I said, <laughs> it's less than a year <laughs> after Justice League. <laughs> There's still, yeah. like, 30 more years until Batman Beyond. Like, why do this now or whatever? What if they made another show after this that was even further toward Batman Beyond? And they're like, well, now what do we do? Uh, <laughs> just uh, slightly less strings and brass. You know, I don't know. But uh, 
Yeah, it's it's really cool. Uh, I'm a trombone player, so I'm I'm like keen on this kind of thing, I guess. But the the atmosphere of the show definitely changed uh, to accompany. Yeah, like you said, hell yeah is a pretty good description of <laughs> uh, of just the the change in tone, the change. Like you know, if if the show had continued to have the same. Uh, you know, someone is slamming on the bottom half of the piano sound that Justice League did. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if uh, if it would have made as much sense, if it would have gone as well with the you know tone of the show and everything. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't trade it, but I would be interested to hear if you know a version of the soundtrack that is more aligned with what Justice League sounded like, and to know if the show if the feeling of the show would change enough or if it would be basically the same show. I, yeah. Sure. Yeah. That's a, that's a fair point. I, I think that um, for me, the musical point that stood out for me, I, I love, I can tell you that when I first heard the intro, I thought it, it was bad. It reminded me <laughs> of uh, music from the super Nintendo Ken Griffey jr. Game of the 1990s. If you pull up, yeah. If you go pull up the YouTube clip of that theme song, it's, it's like the guitar is exactly the same. So uh, yeah, it's, it, it, I did not like it. It definitely grew on me. Uh, I, I appreciate it now. If I had to rank the themes, man, I think this would be not including uh, Zeta project. I think that this would probably be maybe my, my least favorite of the mm. themes. Lower than Static Shock season one theme. <laughs> uh, gotta get up, gotta go, go. That, no, not worse than <laughs> no. When they, when they brought in Little Romeo to do the the second season, like that that was my jam. Like, yeah, that goes yeah. above this, but maybe season, not the first actually. first season. It's probably neck and neck with right. the first season of Static. <laughs> okay. Um, with that said, it's a fine piece of music. Yeah. And uh, I think that the highlight really for this episode though is the Green Arrow theme itself. <laughs> But it'll make me a little cranky. Yeah, definitely. That's the that uh, we always talk about that with the villains as well as heroes on this show is the things that we really gravitate to as hosts is always the 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 refrain the the theme song that we come back to the Batman theme the Superman theme the Wonder Woman theme uh, and obviously so starting out with this bit of music that kind of plays throughout the episode every time Green Arrow does something really cool is it's good and again it's it's sort of uh, as James said sort of melding the style of music the style of composing music from Justice League or some of the earlier shows with this electric guitar theme so getting this brand new green arrow theme that kind of plays throughout the entire episode, but kind of rocked up a little bit more each time we hear it and uh, played in different keys, played a little bit more triumphantly and defiantly when he's holding that bow at the end and he's about to shoot the, <laughs> he's about to shoot the rod into the hole. Reactor. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, uh, it really works. And the, I think that green arrow theme is, is definitely uh, the standout piece as far as a single piece of music in this episode goes. Uh, for all those reasons that we've talked about here and for the, the great tone is set, I actually gave music a 10 Whoa. out of 10. Ow, wow, wow. Uh, James, score? Um, I'm going to give it a 7. Uh, I think it's strong, but I think that the either the composers or uh, like Bruce, Tim, and co. were a little too in love with this style <laughs> of music. Like... <laughs> They'll they'll continue to use the Justice League Unlimited uh, theme, you know, throughout the show or you know in the Fatal Five movie and stuff like that. Whenever something cool happens, and it's like, okay, but what happened to the Justice League theme? Like Absolutely. they almost almost never use that, <laughs> and I would like that to yep. be used more and stuff. But if we're talking about this specific episode, then uh, yeah, it's it's it's. Very, uh, it's strong to introduce you to the world, and it is uh, inoffensive. I, <laughs> but I didn't. That's love one of my favorite ones. <laughs> one of my favorite terms. This music was inoffensive. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a saying it's bad. It's just inoffensive. It did not trigger me. 
So. That's right. There you go. <laughs> uh, I gave. I'm going to split the difference between the two of you. Well, sort of split the difference between and uh, pick. I, I went with an eight out of ten for music. All right, guys. Final category here. We are going to talk about our voice actors and uh we're gonna have liam as he always does run down through here james feel free to chime in if you feel like there's a particular actor that you felt did a uh, an excellent job performance wise here but i'll have liam run down uh we, liam, we have a new new uh cast well with the addition of 60 plus members or whatever it is <laughs> of the justice league we're bound to run into a new voice here or there but uh we have a couple of our of our standards here we get some kevin conroy uh, certainly, and uh, we get some uh, George Newbern, but uh, we have a we have a pretty large focus on on the newbies. Uh, not to mention, of course, Phil Lamar. Also, yeah, Phil Lamar is kind of our he's our original leaguer who's kind of along for the ride. Although, as we've mentioned, uh, that uh, Green Arrow and some of the other newer characters are kind of focused on a lot more. Yeah, we have, uh, as far as the original cast, we have, as you mentioned, Cal, we have Kevin Conroy's Batman, Phil Lamar's Green Lantern, Carl Lumbly as the Martian Manhunter, and George Newbern as Superman. Flash and Wonder Woman are there as well, but they don't get to talk. Nope. We don't want to hear from them. <laughs> no. Uh, who would? But uh, <laughs> just kidding. Hey, no. Uh, I, that's a joke. Just a joke. We're, you know Susan left. Eisenberg listens to every episode of the DC. <laughs> she has retweeted us, and I literally almost pooped my pants the first time. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen this story on the pod, but like getting to interact with actual people who worked on these shows is never not incredible mm-hmm. to me. Yep. So, uh, yeah, we love Susan. But uh, yeah, as far as this episode goes, uh, we have Nicole Tom as Supergirl, who is the returning voice actress from Superman the Animated Series. Uh, she's kind of a little different. We, Cal and I talked about this a little bit before we recorded. Um, I guess there's a little bit of this. We obviously only had a few appearances by her in Superman, but she's a little bit more of a like rebellious, uh, hip teenager in this one who wants to you know run run in run in and uh, fists first to deal with all the problems. And, you know, Green Lantern has this, the, like the college Dean shaking his fists <laughs> at her, uh, you know, you kids slow down. Um, and then you have, you have, uh, so you have the Colton on there. You have George Eads as, as Captain Adam, who, uh, as, as you guys kind of talked about in plot, he's really just kind of there. Like, we don't know him. We've never met him before. I mean, you can forgive that a little bit more with characters like Martian Manhunter and Green Lantern. Well, there because... is some exposition, too, where they, they <laughs> give some wonderful exposition where he gets to explain that he's just, what does he say, mass and matter or something? He's, you know? he's no longer flesh and blood. He's just pure energy now. Right, and he yeah. lives inside this containment suit. Um, and so, yeah, but he's just kind of long for the ride. He tries to absorb the energy and can't. And so he, I was then, not a fan of his performance. I'm not going to I'm just going to throw that out there. Yeah. I mean, it's it's they just replace and they, him after this episode. It's not it's like Chris really? Cox or something, I think, is the name. of the okay. game. Yeah, It's never him again. <laughs> okay. Then we don't have to, like, be nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's, he was not very good. I did not I did not really care for him as as Captain Adam in, in this episode. And. Um, I don't know. You almost wish it could, it could have been somebody else who was either more like a more visually interesting character or maybe one of the other characters that we already knew from the previous uh, iterations of, of the DCAU it would have been cool. But either way. And then, of course, we have uh, we have Ken Schreiner playing Green Arrow, who uh, folks would probably know best from his like near like 30 year run on general hospital um, <laughs> uh, just a veteran a- actor of, of various soap operas and, and television and he is a pretty great green arrow for the sort of classic arch- archetypal green arrow in the comics uh th- it's one of those things where you, for me when i read a comic book if green arrow shows up i kind of hear ken schreiner's voice in my head Concur. Totally agree with you on that. He's he's very, very good. I think that his performance here is uh is a great way to introduce this character to the DCAU. And I think that he obviously plays a larger part going forward. But yeah, I, I think this was another perfect casting uh by Andrea Romano. Agreed. And uh yeah, I'll go ahead and give my score here and then we can we can get James's. I uh, I gave voice acting a seven out of ten. I think it's a good you know, strong start for for the most part, but I didn't think uh, other than Ken Schreiner, I didn't think anybody else was like great, like mind blowingly great in the episode. And in some cases, they weren't very good at all. Mm-hmm. So, 
uh, yeah, definitely good, but but not great. Uh, James, what are your thoughts on the voice acting of this episode? Okay, so <laughs> uh, I also give it a seven overall. Um, nice. I don't like again with the music. There's nothing offensive about anybody's performance. Uh, there's nothing like there, there's no character in this that I think is like. Ooh, that that was really you know miscast. That almost never happens because of Andrea Romano. Uh, yeah. And but you know there are moments when it's better or worse. Uh, a particular moment that sticks out is actually from Phil Lamar uh, after he gets injured uh, and he's lying in the little like hospital bed kind of thing and the javelin uh, and he like bolts awake in the middle of someone else's sentence and he goes Shaira. <laughs> <laughs> Like, but he says it yeah. so like, like you can't mm-hmm. understand what he, like I had to watch it like forty times before I understood he was saying Shaira and not just like like I think I used to watch these shows with subtitles uh, when I was mm. a kid, half because I wanted to make sure I didn't miss anything and half because I was always watching them past my bedtime when I wasn't supposed to, and uh, <laughs> so the so like I'm pretty sure the subtitle dude on Cartoon Network, whoever was writing the subtitles, also did not know what the hell he was saying there and just put like a, you know like like in in audible gasp or something like that, you know, just some weird thing, but like. That was during, you know, it's airing on TV that I've recorded to VHS that I'm rewatching enough times where the tape is deteriorating. So it's like, I'm not helping right. myself out hearing that, but that's just one little moment. Um, I agree that uh, Supergirl's characterization uh, is interesting. Like, uh, Nicole Tom gets to uh, do a little more than what, like, just like the character, kind of break loose from the restraints that Superman has had over her for the last few years. You know, she's not allowed to leave the farm. She's not allowed to do this and this and this. And then suddenly nepotism gets her into the Justice League and she's just (laughs) allowed to, like, do whatever the hell. You know, she's supposed to listen to Green Lantern and the senior people, but she is, you know, she can let loose a little bit. Uh, So that was cool. And then... um, I did want to mention James C. I think is how you would say it. Uh, is General Quan? Uh, he does Jackie Chan Adventures. Jackie Chan. Uh, oh, voice. <laughs> and so that was kind of Love cool. It. Like, yeah, like as we're, you know, it might as well actually. Yeah, it was running at the same time. I think, uh, and so uh, you know, just kind of a cool little crossover there, I guess. Uh, cool. Yeah. With the stuff you're talking about with Ken Schreiner being like who you hear as Green Arrow, uh, most of most DC characters, if not all DC characters, uh, <laughs> I was introduced to through these shows. Uh, so that's pretty much true for anybody, you know, even down to like a Captain Adam or a, a you know, a who's someone else that says like one thing, Aztec stuff like that. <laughs> where, like. If you see him in a comic and they say something, my brain's going to go to the only time they've ever heard uh, it's ever heard them speak, or at least <laughs> the first time it's heard them speak. So, uh, yeah, that's the same for me. Um, I don't have much else to add with the specific like actors, but I did want to say that I think uh, Phil Lamar by this point has really kind of settled into who Green Lantern is as a person. Uh, sure. You can yeah. definitely hear differences from you know this you know he's gone through a ton of stuff especially just recently in Starcrossed at this point uh and you know at the start of the of the justice league show phil Lamar, he doesn't change the voice itself too much but he definitely you know like how i mean this is a case of the writers also learning who the character is through the show but he yeah. you know he's very wonder woman shows up and he's like lady this is no job for amateurs and stuff like that and he still has a little bit of that with Supergirl, where Jean is like, take Supergirl, and he looks at him like, are you kidding me? Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know if you can swear on this, but We'll bleep it out, don't worry. Uh, okay. Uh, and, like, so he's still, you know, he's like, hey, this, like, teenager, I don't want this. Uh, but he's willing, you know, he's at this point, he's willing to lead a team of people who have never worked together before and who are brand new to this. You know, Captain Adam has got his whole, like, uh best of the best of the best sir with honors thing going on like yeah. he's doesn't he's seeing this all as just another military operation and they're all just like you can you can kind of calm down with that you don't have to do that <laughs> uh we're just people 
with superpowers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I, I enjoy that Phil Lamar's, uh, you know, he's settled into Green Lantern's uh, personality a lot more, I think, by this point. So I, I think this is a very good Green Lantern episode for that reason. Love it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I don't think I gave my score yet. I think uh, I'm, I'm actually exactly the same as you guys. We, see, it doesn't matter who we have on the show here. Our scores will always be very similar. That's right. Uh, so I also gave it a 7 out of 10 for voice acting. Yeah, I, I think my, my only problem was with really with Captain Adam. Um, it just, man, it just, it's, it's bad. Hey, like, I just don't, didn't like his characterization of the character. It feels very... Like he's just reading his lines, and I think they were going for like that military type who's just doesn't not showing any emotion. Like I, I, I kind of get that, but it, it very like, well could have been like a guest star they brought on. Like, oh, he's on CSI. Let's get the CSI guy. And then right. He's, oh, whoops, not doing that. Whoops, again. crap. This guy. <laughs> yeah. Right. This guy is, is, is. Yeah. Thank you. We will. We'll call you. If we <laughs> yeah. I guess he'll never just never be in the show again. I don't know. <laughs> Exactly. All right. Uh, so with that, we will tally up our final scores here, unless you have a bonus point, James. No, I do not. <laughs> okay. Good. Perfect. Less for me to edit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no sound effects. Sorry. <laughs> no sound effects to pipe in. Great. Uh, so totaling up my scores, I come down to a very respectable 30 out of 40 for this week's episode. Liam? Yeah, I have a little bit higher than that. I have a final score of 33 out of 40. All right. James, you able to do some quick math? Yeah, I did it already, but the funny part was that I did, okay, 6 plus 8 plus 7 plus 7. All right, now i got to find the average, divide that by 4. Oh, it's 4. Oh, it's 7. <laughs> like, what is happening? 7 out of 40? No, it's 28. 28, perfect. <laughs> All right. Um, so one of the things we like to talk about, James, once we review the episode is talk about rewatchability. We sort of touched on that at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. uh, this isn't one that you necessarily is a go to for you. Uh, but would you recommend it if somebody's going through this? Is this a must watch or is this a to me? It feels like a must watch because it is the very first episode of the series. It would you know, when you look at, at on Leather Wings is on Leather Wings. Mm -hmm pivotal to the entire story of Batman? No, but it's the first episode of the series, so people should watch it. Uh, what are your thoughts on recommending? Is this a skip it or a, a go ahead and see it? No, I, I generally like to say that the you should always watch the series or season uh, premieres and finales as part of a watch no matter what's going on just because they're always intended to be the thing that you watch first or last. Uh and yeah, this episode definitely does a good and a, a fine enough job of setting up the new uh, Justice League world, what you're going to expect, the status quo, that sort of thing uh, for the rest of the series. And I think without it, you'd be even more confused of, you know, <laughs> you know at least, you know, you get the Superman speech to everybody uh, who can't be cowboys anymore or cowgirls. Like, yuck, 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 right. And uh, that whole thing. And, <laughs> and so, everyone leaves. He's like, that's a terrible joke. I'm yeah, out. Yeah, that's when Catwoman says, no, thank you. And, <laughs> Please teleport me back home. Batman dragged me here. I don't know why he thought I would like this. <laughs> uh, that's great. All right, Liam. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I would I would agree with both of you. I think it's it's good. It gives you, uh, if nothing else, Green Arrow is a pretty important character to these first twenty six episodes of, of Justice League Unlimited. He's you know he's kind of a supporting cast and and and, and a leading man in a few episodes as well. Uh, once you get into his relationship with the Black Canary and things like that. So, yeah, I think it's good if for no other reason than, as, as James said, you get the little Superman speech at the beginning explaining kind of the new mission statement of this giant Justice League, and then you you get to spend some time with sort of one of the more important characters of the of the whole series. So, yeah, I would give this a thumbs up for, for rewatchability. Awesome. All right. Well, that will bring us to the end of our episode. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Before we go, I'll let James give uh, give his opportunity for his uh, plugs. James, what you got, guys got going on over at Watchtower Database? Sure. Uh, you can find the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Watchtower Database. That's the only thing that's actually slash Watchtower Database. Everything else is slash DCAU Watchtower. Uh, <laughs> I think that was because... 
I did. I tried to do either Instagram or Twitter as Watchtower Database, and it was already taken at the right. time. And I was like, well, okay. Uh, so that's <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, our DCAU Watchtower. Patreon is DCAU Watchtower. I'm going to throw that in there because you should give us your money because we're good people. Uh, sure. And uh, as of this moment, uh, we're doing a casting call episode on Mark Hamill, which is a uh, it's a little show we do like once a year that's like a, a voice actor spotlight kind of thing. What have they done besides what you know them from in the DCAU? Uh mm-hmm. The week after that's our Patreon winner, which was a uh, Legion of Superheroes members. We talked about the Justice League members video in this podcast, uh, and this one is counting all the Legion of Superheroes members. After that, I don't actually know what we're doing yet. We have some videos lined up for the summer that we know we're doing, but this whole uh, uh, stay-at-home shebang is making it a little hard for us to... Uh, get together to film some of the stuff that we need to to continue sure. our uh, story that we have going on in the videos. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, tune in to our YouTube channel, subscribe, all that good stuff. Thank you for having me on Lay Podcast. Absolutely. I, I could talk about this show for the next six hours, uh, but I won't. (laughs) (laughs) We really want to get into the deep and like the nitty gritty of each scene. We're going to break it down. We're going to go through the color palette. I was going to say, yeah, like, okay, so frame 45 of the show here. We got (laughs) green arrows, uh, boxing glove arrow. (laughs) When it pops out, it kind of does a little boring motion. Right. Like like that or not? Yeah. Yeah. Tune into the, uh, to our YouTube channel. We launch it in the future. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do that. We'll have a breakdown of of frame by frame (laughs) what what we're seeing. Uh, but no, seriously, James, thanks for coming on. We love what you guys do. We uh, frequently name check you guys uh, during the podcast <laughs> because of the, the re- you know the research that you guys have done and the, the content that you guys are, are putting out there. These are, uh, we, Liam and I cannot recommend enough the support to give you guys. Uh, you guys put out quality content. You're good people. And uh, we love what you do. We our, our jobs are easier because of what you do. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. Yeah. And there's, I would, I would say there's definitely people that came uh, before us that have laid the pathway for us to uh, be as successful as we are with this stuff. Also, um, various other fan sites and stuff that have done a lot of the research uh, for like our groundwork, I guess. Um, but from there, yeah, we've pulled this whole thing apart more than it should ever have been. And, <laughs> and, and I think I, I enjoy it. I, I'm I'm sure that, uh, yeah, Maddie and Ted are, would... Uh, be welcoming to uh, the idea of coming on the show as well. And uh, I look forward to potentially more of this, but it's up to you. <laughs> we'll call you. Call us. We'll call you. It's, it's not, we're leaning towards a Captain Adams situation right now. Like, <laughs> yeah. Somebody. Next time, James Strecker will be voiced not by George Eads. <laughs> <laughs> love it no we uh we had a blast james thanks for coming on we will Thank definitely you. have you on in the future and uh we definitely looking looking forward to have maddie and ted on as well uh so thanks for coming on but uh liam before we go uh we're gonna give a preview for next week's episode what episode will we be covering for next week's episode yeah we're going to stay in these early episodes of justice league unlimited for the rest of the month of april here and so we are going actually with the very next episode in the series, uh, and that is For the Man Who Has Everything. I uh, love it. We go from the wide world of 60 superheroes back down to the, the Trinity. Yes, sir. <laughs> Gotta love yeah. it. All righty. Well, uh, until next time, I'm Cal. And I'm Liam. I'm James. And we'll talk to you on the next episode of the DCAU Review. Adios. Well, I won't. <laughs> <laughs>